You know, it was about, um, about two months ago, I was out walking and I was out praying. And uh, Ezekiel 37 came in my heart. And it's kind of, kind of funny because Karma was talking about it this morning. But in my spirit, I kept feeling that there was an army that had been slain. An army that had been defeated. And it was laying, and the Bible calls it, it was laying in the valley of the dry bones. And God went to Ezekiel and he said, Ezekiel, do you believe that you think this army can live? And he said, only you know, Lord. In other words, yes, Lord, uh, only you know, and if you say it can, it can. But I really feel like that there is an awakening that's happened universally in the church. And I want Church on the Rock to be a part of that. But I really believe through the last uh, few months or 18 months, two years of what we've been going through, that it's kind of slain a lot of people. And I think that there's an army that's kind of laying in a valley. But the other day, when I was out there praying, and, and, and it was neat, they sang that song today, but it says, I hear the dry bones rattling. I I kept hearing the Lord say, do you hear the dry bones rattling? Do you hear the dry bones rattling? And I said, yes, Lord, I do. Yes, Lord. And and I've been prophesying every day for over two months. Lord, I hear the sound of the dry bones rattling. Amen. I've been saying that. And so the first, um, I felt like he put this sermon series in my heart. On the, on the army that was slain, the first thing is I want people to come back and know that they are saved. I believe that, that we need to know that we are saved, that we are set free, that we are healed. And last week we did physical healing, and this week we're going to be talking about emotional healing. But to me, the bones that are coming together are the first four messages. Man, we're saved. We're secure in our salvation. We're right with God. God's right with me. I have peace with God. And we settled that uh, four weeks ago. And then we went in and, man, I'm set free. I'm letting loose of things that's been holding me back. And then the physical healing, and today we're going to have a little bit more. But that's the dry bones gathering. Next week, I'm going to begin to go into talking about the church. Where we're going to be talking about the mission of the church, the purpose of the church. Because what I saw is I saw the church gathering again. And I feel like that we're getting, we're going, we're going to start gathering again. But it's time, uh, uh, the second thing that happened in that prophecy in Ezekiel 37 is organs came in the body. Heart and liver and think about it. All the, the, the dry bones gathered made a skeleton, but now the liver is coming. The skin was coming. The sinew was coming. The muscle was coming. And I felt the Lord say, that is the body of Christ. And every one of us are a, bo- are a joint, a ligament, an organ, or something. So there's something that God wants to do first in gathering the bones his first four weeks. But then we're going to go four weeks where we're going to talk about the mission of the church. We're going to talk about the purpose of the church. We're, we're actually going to do spiritual gifts testing. We're going to do things where we help people find out what they're passionate about in their heart, what their abilities are, what your personality style is, what your experience is. But we're going to help, we're going to find everybody, we're going to go through as a church and redefine and re-see what part that we play in this body that God's charting to raise. We need 100% participation in that. So, so if you can kind of schedule your schedules or whatever to do that. But so, so we've got the first part. Now we're going to move into the second part of that prophecy where each joint supplies. Are you a liver? 
Are you a heart in the children's church? Are you some skin that, that is a part of the youth group or whatever? But whatever you are, but God is bringing a body back. And then after that, it says that the Lord breathed breath into that body. Okay? God's going to breathe breath. I believe this is a universal word. In fact, I, I, after I got that word, I noticed that a lot of churches are here in Ezekiel 37. I, I believe it's a word for the nation that people are hearing that Ezekiel 37. So we're a part of what God's doing universally. But, but, but after our body, after we're healed, we're saved, set free, healed, then we're going to be equipped, empowered to serve. And that's what this series is. And so uh, I'm really excited about it, trying not to hype it up too much because I, I, I believe that the Spirit can move on our hearts and you'll know that the words that I'm saying are true. How many want to be a part of that? And then the last part of that prophecy is he said, Son of man, prophesy into the wind. And it says, a breath came into that army and it became an exceedingly great and mighty powerful army. How many want to be a part of the end time move of God, a part of that army? Well, that's what we're doing. So I kind of wanted to lay that out a little bit today. And um, uh, actually, I didn't mean to take that much time, but I, I feel like that's important. So today we're going to talk about, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about that army that has been slain, the dry bones laying in the ground. We've talked about being set free. We've talked about being healed. Well, I want to talk about today being broken having a broken heart or a broken spirit. If you're broken today, I want you to know this. If you're broken today, I want you to know this, that God is the God of the broken. The Bible says in Luke, 6, Luke uh, 4, verse 16, it says, So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth while he had been brought up. Notice he went to church when he was growing up. And as it, as it was his custom, or in other words, Jesus had a habit or a custom of going to church. On, it was Saturday on the Sabbath. So he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. But notice he had a custom and a habit. And that's something that we should have a custom and a habit to come to the house of God on the weekend. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And, and the book was handed to him. And that day they happened to hand him the book of Isaiah. Think about that. Here's Isaiah, Jesus. You can read that. Most of Isaiah is prophecy about him. Think about that. Uh, and he said, he opened up the book and he, and he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Think about Jesus reading it and he's really reading about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I want you to look at people that are poor. You may have wealth in finances. You may have wealth in different areas of your life. But here's how Jesus defines people that are poor. He said, I came to preach the gospel to the poor. So the poor are, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted poor. To proclaim liberty to the captive. If you're not at liberty, poor. The recovering of sight to the blind. Speaking of a spiritually sight, poor, if you're that way. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. So those are the poor that Jesus was talking about. He was sent to the poor, the brokenhearted, those that had lost sight of what was important and what was value in society or what was value in the kingdom of God. He, he was sent to the poor that were captive or bound or oppressed. 
But here's what I want you to know. He was sent to them, but he said, I have been sent to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that have these things. He's here. He's here. Every one of us. I believe when I was talking to Carmen, when I said, man, he's here to heal the brokenhearted. I believe that everybody at some point or time, and even right now it might be, everybody's had a broken heart at one time. Yes or no? Anybody out there? It may be a relationship with a family member, a, a romantic relationship that you were hurt. Man, a lot, of, a lot of lost marriages have brought a lot of heartbreak. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've lost a child and your heart's broken. Some have a parent or a child or a sibling that's just broke your heart. Maybe harsh words have been spoken to you or things have been said unto you that's kind of broken you and made you where you can't function. Maybe you've had our hearts broken over a loved one going away from God. Whatever it is or a mistake. How many has had a heartbreak of a mistake that you've done or had done unto you? Uh, if you've done it, you're like, man, I, my heart breaks every day to think what I did, to think what I was caught up in, to think the things that I said or did. Or, or did. Or maybe it's a bad decision or mistake. Hearts can be broken over tragedy or disappointment that people have had. Our hearts, man, I, I wanted this new job, this new house. Uh, I thought I was getting a new beginning. It didn't happen. You're left with a broken heart. I'm telling you, here's the good news. If you have a broken heart, God is your God. God is your God. The Bible says here's the message from the high and towering God. In other words, if you have a broken heart, Look, here's a message in the Word of God from the high and the towering God. I'm telling you that He towers over your situation. He towers over it. He's high and He towers over it. Who lives in eternity, His name is holy. He said, I live in the holy place, but also with those who are low-spirited. I live with the ones whose spirits have been crushed. crushed. And what I do is I put a new spirit in them. And I get them up, and I get them on their feet and moving again. Anybody want to get back up and get moving on your feet again? He lives with the low, the crust, the broken heart. He revives their heart, gives them hope and confidence for a future. Amen. He's close. Psalms 34, 18, it says he's close to the brokenhearted. You ever had a broken heart? You're lonely and sad and feel like you're all alone? He's close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. You know, there's, there's, a, there's something that people say. I think it's one of the worst words in the English language, in my opinion. And it's this word, cope. 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 You just need to cope with it. You just need to learn to live with it. No, you don't need to cope with it. You need to be healed. You don't need to cope with it. Jesus never said, I came so that you could cope and just survive in life. He said that I came that you might not only have life, but that you might have abundant life. He didn't say I came so you could just cope. He said I came so that you could be set free completely. You know, a broken heart is like a broken bone. You don't want to touch it. I remember when I broke my arm, I was, um, we built this church with volunteers, but not this church, but the church before. I was on some stilts about this tall. Now, they were about that tall. I was on some stilts, so that makes me like 10 foot tall. And I was doing the mudding and taping and the sheetrocking and all that stuff. And, and we were building this church. Well, anyway, somebody 
some church people were trying to push a piece of sheetrock up, and I saw they were struggling, they were starting to drop it, so I reached over with my stilt like that to grab the, the sheetrock that was falling. Well, there's a bunch of mud on the floor, and my stilt just went, whoosh. and so I reached out and put my arm down to, to keep from the fall. And man, when I put this arm out, it went pop, pop. <laughs> it went pop, pop. And um, there was this guy named Josh. Oh, Josh was a wonderful man. He believed in physical healing. Was his name Josh? <laughs> he believed in physical healing. And he was like, oh, Pastor Brian, you're, I was down. I was like, oh, oh, man, I'm dying. He's, he grabs that arm and he says, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing this elbow to be healed. And I'm like, oh, my, I'm seeing colors and stuff. And I'm like, brother, I believe in healing, but I think this isn't going to get it. I, I don't think my bones are going to mend together. I need to get my bone. These are broken bones. No, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I was like, ah. And then I get to the doctor and he goes, does this hurt? And I'm like, is the Pope Catholic? Does a banjo player have knuckles? Does a chicken have lips? I'm like, yes, it hurts. That's just things I say uh, to my kids. When my kids say things. Is a Pope Catholic banjo player have knuckles? So stupid. <laughs> but anyway, a broken bone has to be set and healed. It has to be mended. It has to be mended. If you had a broken heart, it's like a broken bone. And I want to introduce you to an expert that can set at liberty and can set your broken heart back together. You know, Matthew 12, verse 20 says this. It says, a bruised reed, a bruised reed, he will not break it. If you're bruised or hurt, a bruised reed, he, he won't break you. A smoking flax, man, just think about a fire that's about ready to go out. If you feel like you're a fire that's going, getting ready to go out. He won't let that go out. He puts a lot of attention to those things. But breeze reed and a smoking flax, he's not going to let you go out. He is the God of the broken. So if you're broken or you're crushed or you've had something really bad happen in your life that's kind of like made you where you can't do life good or it always pulls you back from what you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to do. And I, I've had some. I've had some of those. I've had, uh, I've had things said to me in high school. Believe it or not, I'm a product of, of being bullied in junior high. And, and even that bullying, some of that bullying, bullying it, it, it affected me even as an adult. The things that were said, the fun that was made. Words are so powerful. Words are so powerful. Um, there is a uh, um, uh, there was a person in that got involved with our life that was actually, I went to a Methodist church and it actually, uh, he was the pastor, but uh, he um, abused me in a sexual way when I was like 12 years old. Found out later that he'd been doing this with a lot of boys. He'd take them camping and he would drug them and he ended up getting caught and but I was like in the beginning of that. I remember going to his house and he always wanted to rub my back and his wife never was there and, and I would kind of uh, 
not, not remember what happened after that. And then, uh, well, anyway, um, we all of us have had things. I wanted to say a few of those to say that with that one, with that one, I had shoved that thing down so deep that I really didn't even know if it really happened because the mind has the ability to do, to do that. And I remember I was in Hawaii on vacation and that stuff came out with Michael Jackson where they were saying he was doing that and he put a kid up there. And all of a sudden I fell on the bed and all this memories came back that I'd been suppressing. And I sat with my wife and Jay and Karen were on vacation with us. But I sat in that other room and I just shook and I just cried for hours and hours as all those memories came back on the abuse that had happened to me. My mind had suppressed, had suppressed that stuff. So in dealing with that, in dealing with that, I remember I was in a meeting and I wasn't ready to talk about it to anybody and I wasn't ready to go to group. I wasn't ready to do any of that. But I was in, I was in Los Angeles, I was in um, California, and I was at a, a um, Saddleback, Rick Warren, and he's got a deal called Celebrate Recovery. And I was out there learning Celebrate Recovery, because I wanted to put it in our church here at Church on the Rock. When I was out there, they talked about a deep wound or a deep hurt. And they said, if you can't come forward to be prayed for, and you can't, you, you feel like you can't do anything like you can't talk to anybody about it or you feel alone in your pain and and you're really not ready to get outward help he said a good place you can start is I want you to take a piece of paper and just write out what happened to you just begin to write it out and I'll tell you what that was the beginning of my being set free from a deep wound now, actually, I've had, I, to me, I've had three deep wounds that are deep. But a good place to start, if you've got something that you're not really ready to get out there yet, a, 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 that's that where you've been hurt, a good place to start is just write it out. There, there was a lot of freedom just writing it out. And then what they did at, at that is after you wrote it out, you went up and they promised that they wouldn't look at them. Um, but you went up and you nailed it to a cross. Well, I didn't even have the courage to do that. I took it home with me, and I buried it in the ground in Elgin is what I did. But it was a start. It was a start. So I'm talking about what do you do if you have a heart or hurt? What do you do if you have, maybe it's a sin that you just keep returning to, and it brings shame and guilt and condemnation? Or What do you do with that? What's some things you can do? How can I get some help? You know, a lot of times the things we need to help the most, the things that we need help the most on are things you really can't talk to anybody about. One's because you feel like you can't trust anybody with the information or trust them with your heart or trust them because you maybe had rejection or betrayal. But I'm telling you, most of the things I've been healed from, it's been just me and God. Not that people can't do it. But I'm telling you that some things that you can do if you feel like you can't get out is you can just start that with the Lord. Um, so a lot of what, I'm going to give a couple more things that, that I did. A good start is maybe you can write it down. 
Maybe you can't put it on a cross or give it to anybody, but you can put it in God's hands as I buried it in the ground. Another good thing, as I was walking yesterday, and I said, Lord, how can I say this where it might help somebody tomorrow at church? And I was just walking, and I kept hearing pluck and plant. Pluck and plant. Everybody say pluck and plant. Say it again because I want us to get in our heart where maybe we don't forget it. Pluck and plant. Pluck and plant. Say it again. Pluck and plant. Pluck and plant. Pluck and plant. I just want us to get that in our heart. And then the, the Lord just reminded me last week I was working at the kids because Braden and Caitlin had been working real hard. So I went over and Carmen cleaned their house and cooked for them and washed all the clothes. We just wanted to bless them because they've been working so hard and changed in life and stuff. And, uh, well, anyway, I went outside and mowed the yard and stuff. But they had this one garden that was just, man, there were some weeds this tall in it. I'm not kidding. I, well, actually, maybe bigger. But it was just weeds everywhere and, and stuff. And I was like, I, I'm one of those guys. I wanted to just mow by it. <laughs> and I tried again. <laughs> then I'm like, my personality just can't not see that stuff. So I'm like, all right, here we go. So I, I, I start weeding, and I got down on my hands and knees, and the first kind of weed, I pulled them a few times. I know if you don't get it by the root, you're wasting your time. And I pulled it a couple times, and I kind of figured out how to get it. This one weed, I could just grab it and just boom, boom, yank it quick. And I could get it out by the root, and there was a whole bunch of those. So I yanked those, and I could get it out by the root. I could just yank it. I could pluck it. Everybody say pluck, pluck. I just plucked these, and they came out, and I threw them over in a pile. And then I saw this other one that was like a viney weed to where I kind of figured out how to pull that weed. You know, sometimes in life we have to figure out how to pull that weed out, how to pull that hurt out. But this one was viney, and it like covered a big area, and I thought, oh, man, this one's going to be hard to get out because it's like covering, it's all hooked together. It was like webbed. Well, anyway, I, I started peeling it back, and I could find that there would be just a root, and then it just went everywhere. And I started getting that, and I could get those, and they pulled real easy. I pulled real easy, and I could just roll it back, pull this one, pull this one. And I just kept rolling it back, and it's like rolling carpet off. But it was pretty easy. And, you know, sometimes there's things in our life, sometimes getting set free, you just can't put your finger on just... One weed you need to pluck. I need to pluck, pluck, pluck. Well, you pluck one weed. Sometimes it's like a vine, a vine that covers a lot. To where I remember one time some things I was needing to get free of. It wasn't just one thing. This was a contributor. This was a contributor. This was a contributor. This was a contributor. And this was a contributor. A lot of times in relationship, marriage relationship, it's not one thing. It's not one thing. It could be financial stress. It could be you've been in a previous marriage and you try to bring that into your new marriage. It could be, it could be I'm having stress at work. How many know that it can be a lot of contributors? But that viney one, really, those aren't real deep. If you can just roll it back and begin to roll it back, you can pluck them out. Everybody say pluck. Pluck. You can pluck those out and you can throw it to the side, which we burned in the fire. Amen. We burned those weeds in a fire. And then the third weed I found, everybody knows this one, dandelion. 
dandelion. They're sure dandy, aren't they? Dandelions. And I knew, I, I, I tried doing a couple, and again, I was just going to be like, well, it's going to look good today. But my personality isn't like, if you're going to do it, I always hear my mom saying, if you got anything worth doing, you need to do it right. So I'm like hearing mom screaming in my head. So I went and got this little shovel, and I pushed it down, shook the ground up, and I got the dandelion out at the root. Well, yesterday when I was walking, I kept hearing the Lord say, pluck and plant pluck and plant and he just showed me that the things in our life where there's hurt or their healing or their sins some of them are real easy you can just pluck them some of them there's several contributing things you have to figure out what they are all to 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 get over that problem or that hurt or pain but you can you can roll it off and get it off but then there's that dandelion that you got to dig a little deeper you got to work a little harder at it. But here's the thing. If you don't get it out at the root, that stupid, yet, that stupid white thing comes up that all the kids like to blow and just blow all these dandelions in your yard. Or you're the person that has the beautiful manicured yard that you work so hard to have no weeds in it. And your neighbor, they just blow it and just blow all their stuff in your yard whatever but anyway those dandelions they take a little longer and then there was this last weed guys I'm not kidding maybe you somebody can identify this thing it was like that big around and the trunk was purple the trunk was purple and then it looked like a tree is a weed and then it got these big green branches, and I think there were these little berry things on it or something. But that thing was massive. I got down on that, and I'm like, I'm pulling this sucker out. I couldn't even move it. I even tried just shaking it to get it to move a little. I couldn't move that thing. So I would go in the garage. Braden didn't have a shovel. So I finally found a square-ended thing, and, and I went out there. I had to dig. I'm serious. I dug a hole that deep because if you're going to do anything, it's worth doing right. I knew I needed to get that thing out of the root. I dug down, kept digging. It, the hole was about this big around, and I dug down about this big, and I finally got to the root. And then this scripture came to my mind yesterday when I was thinking about this. Matthew 3.10 says, I finally got to that root. Matthew 3.10 says, that the axe is ready to cut down the trees at the roots. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, it needs to be cut down and thrown into the fire. So I was able to get to this one. But my point of that one is there are some things in life that take quite a bit of time. You know, we can come, Spirit of the Lord's upon me, is anointing me to heal the brokenhearted. He, he does that. Healing can start today. For some of you, it might be just writing it down for the first time. Uh, you might not even want to be prayed for at this time, however it is. But some of you guys, listen, some of you, the things you're going to work through, it's going to take some time. First, I, I kept hearing the Lord say, don't be, well, how did I write that down? Don't be, um, don't be afraid don't be afraid to expose the root. I kept hearing that yesterday. Don't be, 
don't be afraid to expose the root. If you know you got something growing in your life that you know isn't good and it's got to go, it may take some time, but start getting all the dirt off of it. Everything you've done to cover it up or to keep it unseen, let's dig the dirt out. Don't be afraid to expose the root with God. He's the God of the broken. He's a gentle God. He, 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 he already knows it's happening. You don't have to be embarrassed by anything with him. But you can get, you can remove it. And man, it feels so good when you start putting the axe to the root. Boom. Boom. Start hitting that root. And it even feels better when you yank it out of the ground. And it even feels better when you throw it in the fire. Everybody say pluck and plant. So in plucking and planting, the practice of plucking and planting. You know, you, somebody, some people need to pluck insecurity and pluck being afraid. But plant, plant that God is with me. That God is, if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm going to pluck fear. I'm going to pluck lack of confidence. But I know that Joseph was successful because the Lord was with him. You got to pluck and you got to plant. Man, I'm going to pluck this hurt. I'm going to pluck this rejection. I'm going to get this viney weed that covers, but I'm going to plant forgiveness. I'm going to plant blessing people that have hurt me. I'm going to plant God's word. I'm going to plant God's word. Man, I'm going to pluck anxiousness. I'm going to pluck being afraid. I'm going to pluck being worried. I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to pluck those things. But I'm going to plant don't worry about anything. Instead, I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to, I'm going to plant tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. You do that, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, I woke up with, um, let me, I'll talk about that in a little bit but we're going to pluck these things and then we're going to plant scripture says in Philippians uh, 4 around verse 10 I think we're going to pluck anxiousness being afraid of worry we're going to plant this is what's true we're going to plant we're going to pluck worried and we're going to plant do what's honorable we're going to pluck I'm afraid and we're going to plant do what's right and pure and lovely and admirable we're going to pluck but we're going to plant thinking about things that are excellent. We're going to pluck and we're going to plant thinking about things that are worthy of praise. We're going to pluck and we're going to plant. And then the Bible says the God of peace will crush Satan in your life. In a marriage, we're going to pluck hurt and we're going to plant love in its very expressions. We're going to pluck bitterness and we're going to plant, I'm going to be patient and kind. I mean, you can, see, I know scriptures like that. You could, you could think of the things you need to pluck and then just go to 1 Corinthians 13 and say what you need to plant. You got to pluck and you got to plant. Another, another thing that you have to do is you have to create a new pathway of thinking. You know, our minds are made in a way that our minds and our thoughts, because that's where the battleground is, our minds and our thoughts go in the path of the, re of the least resistance. That's the way we're made. But here's the bad thing with that, is if your mind is worth, used to going a certain way, 
and the path is negative and the path isn't virtuous and the path isn't good and it's but you just go there your mind just goes there and no matter what you do it's like trained to go there does anybody know what i'm talking about that that, uh, joyce myers said one time she said man it's like the enemy is sitting at my bed waiting for me to wake up and the minute i wake up she said i'm just hit with worry and negativity and insecurity i'm just hit and i can't even think about anything else. i'm just bombarded with this stuff every morning and some people can't even get a night's sleep because you wake up in sweats and it even robs or disturbs your your thinking if it's really if you're really going through hard things but but anyway i'm this creating the old path um what what you have to do even yesterday yesterday i woke up with three things and i'm like man i would like for one time just to wake up and hear birds singing i I would like for one time just to wake up and be like this is the day that the lord has made and i will rejoice i'd like for one time just wake up just overflowing with inner joy or but i I, i've even wondered if there's something wrong with me And, and i asked carmen how do you wake up in the morning and even in, I wish there would be some kind of a poll, even in this church, to see if I'm the weirdo. I, seriously, I've often wondered if it's me. I, I've really often wondered, is something wrong with, is, is it, am I the only one that this happens to? So if I'm the only one that this happens to, I guess I'm just preaching to myself. But if I'm not the only one that happens to, I'll tell you what I do. Is one, I do the pluck and plant. And the other thing I do is I always imagine, I always imagine a machete. I always imagine a machete. And I'm like, my stupid mind goes down this path all the time, and I hate it. it, it, it I hate it. It, it, ma- it makes for a lousy day all the time. I'm anxious. I'm unsettled. I worry. I I don't want to. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be unhappy. And so I said, "All right." And then I just I know I have to create a new pathway of thinking. And I go through in this this new jungle, in ground where where there hasn't been a path made, and I'm going to make a new path. And the path I make is with the Word of God. The Bible even says, I'll even throw this scripture in here. Um, the Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments in your mind and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge that we have of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. But that, that bottom part hit me. Unto the obedience of Christ. My mind is disobedient. My mind naturally gravitates to that pathway of least resistance that's not a good pathway. Um, so I have to make a new one. And the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oftentimes in Scripture, all through Scripture, who is Jesus is also called the what? The Word. Everybody say the Word. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word made flesh. 
So putting your thoughts, you not only have to cast things down and push out arguments and push out lies and push that out, you also have to plant or establish, make those things come to obedience to Christ. And to me, that's obedience to what the Word says. Now, this one hit me this morning. So many of you don't know the Bible. Man, I, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do if I was sitting out there and I didn't know anything about the Bible. But I've been reading it 33 years. I've read the Bible completely through at least 12, 13 times. I, I used to do it every year, but then I felt like I had a grasp of the whole and I wanted to slow down and put more study. But um, So I, I've got a pretty good knowledge of the Word and I... Uh, I'm pretty decent in the word. Um, in fact, I even do a practice. I haven't done it in a while, but I think I can go through the New Testament and tell you something in every chapter um, without opening my Bible. Because I read it all the time. I read it. Like, like you can say any chapters, especially in the New Testament, I'll say, oh, this is happening in that chapter. Okay? Because I've read it. But what do you do if you don't know the word? Because that's, that's how you open the new pathway. That's how you open the new pathway. That's how you pluck, but you got to plant. H how do you do that? I guess you can get, well, you need to start reading it. But I think the quickest answer is download version. Download version. Does everybody have version? Does anybody, download version. Download version. On your, and even, even yesterday, there was some of the, one of the things that I was trying to create a new pathway of thinking, I wanted more scripture than I had. And I wanted, I wanted a little more help than what I had. And I feel like I got quite a bit of scriptural knowledge, okay? I went to version and just typed in the topic. There's all kinds. I started some studies. I started some Bible studies. Does anybody want to be free? Anybody want to be free? Some of those ones that you have to dig out, some of those deeper ones, that it may not take a day or two. Some of them are like, eh, 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 no big deal. It's gone. But the ones that take time, those come by doing some devotional study. Get, get you version. Help yourself. Help yourself. If you want to be free, get your butt out of bed 30 minutes early and do a Bible devotion. Fill yourself with the Word. You got to pluck and you got to plant. But you got, but, but anyway, with, with the machete, I want you to think. But here's the neat thing is you can train your mind to start taking God's pathway of travel because it'll get where that's the one that you've made. You know what's kind of neat, though? The one that you're having to say, I'm not going down that pathway. I'm creating a new one. Let me give you some hope on that one. It'll close back up. That's where the healing is. Any of you guys do any kind of yard work, if you don't do anything in your yard, it grows back up. So if you can just get that new pathway created, get that machete and the Word of God out, and start going crazy at your situation. The other one will grow back up to where your mind, it goes, it hits a wall. And your mind will start going to 
to where you don't. I want to tell you, I want to tell you this too. Your, your best friend on getting free is your emotions. Your, your, the, your emotions, when you have the emotion of, I'm scared, or you have the emotion of, I'm angry, I'm upset, or you have the emotion of, of, of I'm, I'm hurt, or I'm lonely, or I'm sad. What you do is just look at that emotion. I, I think emotions help me. I, 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 I pinpoint that emotion, and then I stop, and I'm like, I'm worried today. I'm anxious today. I'm dread, dreadful. To, I'm dreading today. And, then, and, and I'm just not enjoying life at that minute. But then what happens is I've learned to do this. Stop. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? And I'll even write it down. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. And here's the bad thing about it. Is some days... Because to me, it's pretty much an everyday occurrence that I got to go to battle in my mind, with my mind. But some days, I'm like, some days, it's like going to the gyms, Alex. Some days you're like, man, it's easy to get up and go to the gym. And some days you're like, man, I'd rather be poked in the eye of the needle than to go to the gym. And then some days you can't budge this carcass to get out of bed and want to go well, that's the way it is with spiritual warfare. Man, some days I can do it. Some days I'm like, all right, I'm getting through this. I'm not going to live lousy all day. I, I'm not, I'm not going to have a bad day. I'm going to be happy today. Even when Devin is saying you choose, I'm like, I choose. I'm going to be happy today. But guys, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I, I don't have the strength to do it. And I'll just lay there. Sometimes I don't have the strength. Thank God you got a partner. The Bible even talks about how tough it is to be single. If you're single, man, I, I really, my heart goes out to you. I think it's very tough if you're single in any way. But even in that, try to find community so you don't have to be alone. But anyway, um, um, but anyway, yesterday... I got up and I had three things. Actually, I didn't sleep all night. And at 4.39, at 4.39, finally God spoke to me. And I got a little bit of peace. And I slept a little bit. And then about 6.20, I got up. I didn't really feel, I didn't want to fight that day. I didn't want to fight. And, um, but I knew I needed to fight. And I said, all right, Lord. This is the emotion I'm having. What are you thinking about, Brian? Pinpointed it. Pinpointed it. And then after you pinpoint it, it always takes some kind of an action. I pinpoint it, and then I act somehow with the word. Um, this, this, well, actually it was. I can't lie to you. 
but usually they're relational things um, where you're offended or hurt or something like that. But when, when, you, when you know that happens, what you, when you we say, what are you thinking about? Well, here's some of the things you have to do is you have to say, God, I, I choose to forgive right now. I pluck, Lord, I choose to forgive right now. And then I pluck this other emotion and this other feeling, and I say, Lord, I bless that person or that individual. And then I pull another one and I say, Lord, hey, if you're in a marriage, something you need to pluck is that you're always stinking right. And something you need to pluck is why can't they see? And something you need to plant is, Lord, help me to understand this individual's point of view or where they're at. That's part of plucking and planting. But as I'm plucking and I'm planting, guess what's leaving my heart? Anxiety, worry, fear. And guess what's coming in? Joy, peace. When I pray for peace and I say, Lord, you are Jehovah Shalom, you know, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces and the Passion Translation is love in its varied expression. Um, um, love in its very varied expression. Inner joy that overflows. And then it says peace that subdues. When I'm going for peace, to me it's like, oh, peace, peace that subdues. It's like peace is like an army. Lord, I thank you that peace is going to subdue and conquer and scatter my enemies and righteousness, peace will come. But as I pluck, and guys, I, I um, asked the Lord this morning, you really want me to say this? And I went and wrote it in my notes because I felt like he did. I honestly can say this. I live at peace with all, with all men. With, the scripture says with all, pe with all men. That means with all people. Listen, I honestly can say I live at peace with all men. I do. Sometimes it takes 30 minutes to get over an offense. Sometimes it takes hours. Sometimes it takes one day, maybe two days, maybe three days. But I can tell you that I live at peace with all 